Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning or good afternoon, Centerpoint. Good morning, good morning. Uh, Listen, uh, I was um, right hot off the press. If you are youth, you are dismissed right now. Is that that how I do it? Yeah, you're you're welcome to go. You know, listen, as the youth are being dismissed, walking out, how about you stretch your hand towards somebody walking and say, we bless you in Jesus' name. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, beloved. It's, It's good to be here. I counted an honor and a privilege to be here. I, I need to let you know, I don't know if it's been, is it the same with you, but um, I will never ever in my life take coming to church for granted. Never again. Even if I did before, I will never do that again. I will never take for granted the fact that we can roll up in here and I can sit along with friends and co-laborers in the gospel and, and we can worship together and and receive a word. I'll never take that for granted. Um, more than, than ever in my life, I'm aware at, of so many things that are at risk, always, and how every time we're able to come together, it tilts the scale. I'll never take this for granted again. The Bible teaches in so many different passages how much the Lord before the foundation of the world has been looking forward to this hour right here. He knew you would be here today, sitting where you would sitting. So he's been planning on you coming. And even though you had all to do with the planning and preparing and getting dressed and finding a parking space and rolling here on time, there's so much that has been intended by the power of the Holy Spirit with you in mind right now. So I, 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 I ask that if we could just take a moment, just honor the Lord in one way to, to help us to keep our hearts open before him. Keep my hearts open. I mean, out of all the things that we do seven days a week, I don't want to miss this moment. So Lord, don't, don't have me distracted. Help me to have my heart open in this hour. And, and yeah, you, you, can, you, you cannot even count how many YouTube pages you could find another sermon on. But because the Lord led you here, you have to know out of the heart of God, he's been preparing things, even a word, with you in mind. This word is for you. It's for you. And even though you have plans and you have things going on, you don't want to miss what the Lord wants to say, what he wants to show, how he wants to reveal himself. So will you help me pray for the word this morning? Will you help me pray? Um, I don't know what your temperament is, so if you are a, you know, a loud prayer or a quiet prayer, but can we find some kind of unison voice in prayer? And out of gratitude, praise, just go into the Lord and say, Lord, thank you that we're here together. Thank you that we're here together. Yeah, Lord, thank you that I'm here, but Lord, thank you that we're here together. Can we do that? Come on, anybody, anybody ready to help pray? Come on, can we pray? Come on, let's, let's pray. Come on, let me hear some. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for this hour. 
Come on, I, I can't hear anybody. I'm not, Lord, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Lord, thank you for what you're about to say. Thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. Lord, thank you for what you've already done, already, Lord, revealing your heart. Lord, thank you. Lord, have your way. Oh, Lord, wonderful are you, Lord. Faithful are you, Lord. Lord, thank you for the fire of God. Have you thanked the Lord for the fire of God today, Lord? Thank you for the fire of God. Thank you, Lord, for our church. Thank you, Lord, for this space that we have. Thank you, Lord, for this place. Thank you, Lord, for this spot, this time. Lord, wonderful are you. Beloved, if you agree with what I'm about to say, will you please let me hear you? Lord, we welcome your saving power right now. Is there a witness? Is there, yeah, there you go. Father, we welcome your healing power right now. Is there a witness, Father? Father, we welcome your deliverance power right now, your, your lifting, your resurrection power. Father, have your way in our midst. Come on. Anybody want the Lord to have his way right now? In your word, Lord, have your way. Father, I agree. You know who I am. Is there a witness? I agree. Lord, you know who I am and that you've prepared this hour with me in mind. Is there enough faith in the room to be grateful that he's prepared this hour with you in mind? Can someone shout, thank you, Jesus, for thinking of me? Thank you, Lord, for thinking of me. Lord, we give this time to you. Use this time for your glory. We welcome the fullness of God right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, come on, together, let's give the Lord praise, everyone. Let's bless the Lord. Glory. Glory. Centerpoint Church is one of the strongest churches in our denomination. I've always been grateful for Pastor John and Pastor Ann's leadership and their friendship. Um, it has been life-giving all these years for me. Even in leadership, um, it's been life-giving and helpful. It's no question that the Lord has placed Pastor John in my life as a leader, and I'm grateful for him for the relationship we have now in the years to come. And so I'm honored to be here today, and I'm grateful to all the staff. Thank you for your generosity and your kindness. And uh, yeah, let's thank the Lord for all the staff and and all the team members that make getting in, connecting, plugging in possible. We're grateful for everyone. Well, I want to share a word with you today, and um, it's um, on, to this, on this series on fresh fire. Um, but to really help paint the picture of fire, I need to talk about rain. And I, I really did. I really did. I submitted a title to this message called Fire and Rain. But then I couldn't stop singing James Taylor songs. And, and, and I'm like, oh, I can't get James Taylor out of my mind. No, 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 no lie. No lie. My first, my first draft was Fire and Desire. Whether you're a Drake fan or a Rick James fan, you don't want me to title that. You'd be thinking about other stuff all day long. So that didn't make the final cut. That didn't make the final cut. We'll, we'll get there. But I want to start off with James chapter 5. So just, just hang in there with me for a moment. We'll, we'll get to um, what, what the fire means here. James chapter 5, and he, he, 
gives a wonderful picture, which I believe is the heart's desire for everyone in this room. He says, starting with verse 13, he says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, some of you may be familiar with that as the prayer of faith. Someone say prayer of faith. That's very significant as we move forward. Check this out. We'll make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, or the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person, that that fervent, effectual is, is the point. He says, he speaks about the prayer of faith. Then he speaks about the fervent, effectual prayer. And, and in, in short, there's, there's a lot that can be given to the definition of what it means to be fervent in prayer and effectual. And it, it means also what you may think it could mean. It, it means... Um, um, strong and intentional. It, it means um, um, volume. It, it's, 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 it could be loud and animated. It means to pray powerfully. And, but don't get stuck there because you can almost think, well, since that's not my style, I may miss out on these promises. But the prayer of faith does not only mean volume. It could, but that's not all what it means. It does not only mean strong and intentional. It could, but that's not all it means. In short, fervent, effectual praying. The prayer of faith means that you're all in. You're all in. I don't care where you came from. All of us know how to be all in. You know, maybe you played a game where you were all in. That, that's not what I'm talking about. But, but we know how to be all in. But it takes a certain kind of understanding to really be all in. Now, if ever you played sports or you've been part of a team, maybe you've served alongside someone you recognize wasn't all in. It's hard to be connected to somebody who's not all in, um, but there's a unique kind of understanding when someone commits themselves to be all in. So this is what it takes. This is what it takes to be all in. You ready? This is what it takes because all of these promises, and I, and I really believe this is something that all of us want right now. It, it says that when the prayer of faith comes, that um, um, restoration comes. It says that healing comes. It, it says resurrection power comes. Um, I believe all of us need some of that one way or another. Can I get a witness? Somebody, yeah. And, and it says that um, for redemption comes, forgiveness. It says that relationships are better. You start 
confessing to one another. You're praying for each other. So there's, there's a heightened sense of community and relationship. Um, and it says that you can be healing comes when the prayer of faith comes. So that's, yeah, I, I want that. Is there anybody else other than me in the room? I, I want some of that. So when I come to the Lord, I stand before him. I'm, I'm thinking about my wife and my three children and my eight-month-old grandson, Caleb. I'm, I'm thinking about my, my mom, who's, who's still living, God bless her, and my sister. I'm thinking about um, um, my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. I'm thinking about all the people that are connected to me, and I'm standing before the Lord, and, and I have their situation in mind. I have their issues in mind, and Lord, I, yes, I want this. And, and so what, it, what is the prayer of faith? Well, Lord, I, I, well, I am a loud person, but uh, you know, well, I don't know if I can be loud all the time or loud enough to, to have fervent prayer or, or sweat enough or just all right, go enough. No, no, no. Lord just says, I just need you to be all in. Just need you to be all in. So, so Lord, what, what does it mean to be all in? So the very next verse talks about Elijah. Elijah is a picture of what it means to be all in. He says in verse 17, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. Hold up. Hold up. Now, let's be real. Let's be real. Everybody don't know all your story. Come on now. No, no, no I, I know you're sitting up here. You know, you straight, you cool. But everybody don't know all your story. They, 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 they don't know how dark things have gotten. Not everybody. They, they, they don't know how proud you can get some days on your high horse. And they don't know how much you can doubt and there's some highs and some lows. Your, your life is not just some straight, boring line. Your life has an arc to it. Can I get a witness, somebody? So it, he tells, he says Elijah because Elijah's life had an arc to it. Elijah was a prophet in Israel during the time of Ahab and Jezebel. If you know anything about Elijah, he was scared of Jezebel. Anybody know what I'm saying? So Elijah had some real strong, confident days, and he had some very dark, doubtful days. And so, so Elijah had some ups and downs, just like you. I mean, look at the people down your aisle. Look at them. Look at them. Don't they look like they had some ups and downs? Look at them. Man, they look like they had some ups. Now, just like Elijah. Hold on, hold on. But, but Elijah... Just like us, same stuff like us, pray that it would stop raining, and it stopped. Then with God's leader, he prayed that it would rain, and it rained. And you mean to tell me that Elijah can pray to change the weather? And I can't even pray to keep from bouncing a check. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. That messed me up. That messed me up. <laughs> Talk about random thoughts, Pastor Rick. Okay. Um, um, brother like me, just like me, problems like us. And he's praying, and the weather's changing. And, and, and the Bible says that's a prayer of faith, and he's all in. So what does all in mean? Here it is. Here it is. All in means you know what's at stake. Yeah. 
you know what's at stake. You don't take anything for granted. You know what's at stake. I believe somebody this morning showed up because you know what's at stake. You, you come when the door is open because you know what's at stake. You stand up during worship, why? Because you know what's at stake. When the altar opens, you come to the altar, why? Because you know what's at stake. When you have to open up your mouth, you open up your mouth, why? Because you know what's at stake. And that's why the rain came. Because he was all in. Why are you all in? Because I know what's at stake. And the reason why I'm going to keep showing up, I know what's at stake. You know what's at stake. So that takes us to 1 Kings 18. It is... A famous passage, and there's enough drama in this to get you, get you sidetracked. You can get caught up in all the battle, and, you know, it's, 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 you know it, it is the, the battle on top of Mount Carmel, okay? Um, unless you're from the West Coast, Carmel. Oh, no, um, <laughs> Mount Carmel, and, 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 and it's on, on top of Mount Carmel, and, and it is the prophets of Baal and Asherah, against Elijah by himself. Now, 400 prophets of Asherah, 450 prophets of Baal, and, and Elijah doesn't look like he's scared. Why? Because he's all in. Why is he all in? Because he knows what's at stake. So re regardless of how you feel, you still show up. Regardless of how you feel, and you still stand. Regardless of what you think and how you feel, you're still walking. Why? Because you know what's at stake. Now, you're here to minister to the people of Israel, and, I mean, it'll be nice, the people who you're there to minister to, if somebody get on your side. But everybody's scared of Jezebel. And even though Jezebel's not present, everybody know Ahab is a snitch. And Ahab will tell on them. And so Elijah said, we're going to put an end to this. Who's with me? And nobody said a word. Uh-uh. He said, mm -mm. Uh, let's, let's wait till Ahab leave, and then we'll talk about it. No. It, it all began back in verse 1 of chapter 18 where, where God said, go present yourself to Ahab. See, all the prophets, uh, Obadiah had hidden all the prophets because Jezebel had put an order to kill all the prophets of Israel. And, and God says, here, here, love this. God says, stop hiding. Stop hiding. Go present yourself to him. Don't wait for him to find you. You go find him. And, and you, you, the, 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 the challenge, the stress that comes with, oh, my Lord. So, so, so Elijah gets nervous just like you and me. He goes to present himself. Now, now you, you got to know, if you know anything about the background of the story, this is what that means. When Elijah presents himself to Ahab, that's in a sense is telling Ahab, God is fed up with your foolishness. And to anyone who's been on the other side of God, that day when you found out God is fed up with your foolishness, you never want to go back to that day. Yeah. 
I promise you, you never want to go back to that day. You, you come out of there just smoking, looking crazy, like, boy, I'm so glad I repented before God ran out of patience. So he goes to present himself, and nobody's with him. And because the Baal God is the rain God, and God is ready to bless his people with rain, but he doesn't want Baal to get the credit, God sets up a time to where I want to make a fool of Baal before I bless the people. Because no other God will get the credit for what I do. No other God is going to get the credit for what I do. And so Elijah calls for a showdown. You prophets call on your God, Baal, and I'll call on the Lord God. And so the prophets, they said, let's prepare a bull. They prepare a bull of all, a bull, a bull. And, 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 and they prepare and they put the bull on the altar and they started shouting and screaming and Baal says nothing. And they turned it up. They went another level. Baal says nothing. They started cutting themselves and, and just all kinds of animations and Baal says nothing. But then the passage switches and we pick it up in verse 30. 1 Kings 18, verse 30, then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one of each of the tribes descendant from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, your name shall be Israel. So you see the whole language of identity, you see the language of family, you see the language of the sum total of who we are and what we represent every time we stand before the Lord. Are y'all with me? And he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seeds of seed. He arranged the wood, arranged it, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. And then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and and on the wood, and he says, do it again, and they did. Do it a third time, he ordered, and, and they did a third time. Verse 35, the water ran down around the altar and filled the trench at the time of sacrifice. The prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Okay, this is, he's, he's appealing to the covenant of God. He's appealing to the covenant of God. In in spite of what we've done, we're calling on you. Remember, remember, does anybody in here remember that day where you were present enough to not focus on what you did, but you were still conscious enough to call upon God for who he is? Now, Now, Lord, I don't need to rehearse everything you already know, but I'm confessing right now unto you and I recognize you are the God that I need. Are y'all with me? See, it was, it was that time, it was that, that hour for sacrifice. It was the evening to where what was set aside just for God. And what Elijah's doing is he's modeling before the people, I know you ain't been to church in a long time, but this is how we do it in case you forgot. I know you ain't used to this kind of paradigm, but this is how we honor the Lord at this time of day. He's kind of bringing them back into focus in how we do things. Hold up, y'all. Hold up. Hold up. He's teaching them how to present their heart before the Lord. They haven't even made a commitment yet. They haven't even decided whose side they want to be on. Is he Ahab still around? And Elijah 
is leading them in worship. He's leading them in prayer. You cannot miss the fact that the moment, the space, the spot that was set aside and all that was prepared for God to meet his people in the only way God does things, he will not miss an appointment. You prepare for him, he's going to show up. You call upon him, he's going to show up. You make space for him, he's going to show up. You make room, he's going to show up. And this is how I know he'll show up every time. Because if anybody knows, God knows what's at stake. And he's going to show up. Because he knows what's at stake. They pray. And the Bible says the fire of God comes down and consumes everything. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Pull a pin there. Let me back up a little bit. So they rebuilt the altar. And, and, and that catches my attention because some of you may need to rebuild some altars right now. And, and when you're rebuilding an altar, it, it, it involves several different things. You know, it, it involves, you know, you, you, I mean, you have to make your altar big enough to put a bull on. That's a big sacrifice. So, so, so you may need to extend the altar or expand the altar. You, you may need to add some footings to your altar. So there needs to be some extension. You, you may need to change how much time you spend with God in your private altar. You're rebuilding it. You, you, you may need to adjust your time with God in your altar. Add more days or more time, but there's something that needs to shift in how large your private altar is. Are you with me? Are you okay? All right. Then, then you 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 have to you know expand, extend, and and I and I liken that to um you you may need to 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 be, rebuild to build your altar. You may need to add someone to your altar. Um, start praying with your spouse again, or start praying with your children again, or or that one child who's really struggling. Uh, Start praying with the co-worker, but, but add someone to your, your rebuilding. You see, because when I, when, I look at, when I look at the fact that they put a bull, they, they didn't put a, um, two doves. Um, they, they didn't put a pigeon. They, they didn't put a, a, a small ewe lamb, no. no. They put a bull on there. Put a bull on there. Um, because it makes me wonder, is my private altar big enough? for all the things our family is dealing with. I mean, if, if with what our family's dealing with, if we need an altar this big, but all I have is an altar this big, I need to rebuild my altar. I, I, I need to, to ensure that my altar um, can hold the kind of sacrifice that is worthy of what our family needs from the Lord what my heart, what my health, what, what my future needs from the Lord. Does my altar represent the fact that I'm all in? Now, if it's just a reference point to my day, what I do for 10 minutes in the morning, there's a reference point to my week, what I do for one hour on the weekend. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what y'all going through. But, but if you know what's at stake... How would you rebuild your altar? 
So, so this is what I'm understanding. When the fire comes, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. And you got to be okay with that cost. Now, now, let me just take a poll real quick. Who in here can say that you have experienced in a spiritual way, and however you want to put it, you have experienced the fire of God? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, no, no, I need you to show your hand. Show your hand. I've experienced, because this is what somebody needs to know. You can experience the fire of God and still live. You know, because there was a time when I was running the streets, and I can tell you, I pray, Lord, don't bring your fire right now. Don't bring your fire. <laughs> you know, some, some folk, the fire had gotten so close, you came out smoking. You, you ever seen someone who looked like they just came out of the fire? Look down your eye. You can see someone. Look at them. Look at them. Don't some of them look like they just, whoa, you look like you just came out the fire. But see, beloved, the wrath of God fell on Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And because he took our pain, he died in our place. The fire will never hurt us because he took all of that on the cross of Calvary. Somebody give the Lord praise. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise. So the fire, the only thing's left for the fire is to get rid of anything that does not honor God. So we're talking about the fire of God. You got to want it. You've got to want the fire. But you got to know right now, and those who raise their hand, they could give you a testimony. You got to know right now. Watch what you love and what you holding on to. Because if it's the fire of God, everything's not going to survive the fire. So just know that already. So even some of the things you like may not survive the fire. Even some of the relationships you like may not survive the fire. I mean, we call them. We crying for the fire of God. We calling for the fire of God. We praying for the fire of God. Just know everything's not going to look the same around you or even inside of you. It should not survive the fire. Whatever it is about my thought life, my emotional life, the totality of my life, around my life, that does not honor the Lord, it shouldn't survive the fire. Why? Because he knows what's at stake. My heart breaks. I, I coach and, and disciple young men and and um, some folk just want, they just want to, they just want to wait and experience it themselves. The reason why we have older saints in our lives to let us know what 20 years down the line of that will do. Now, if you keep doing that, this is what you're going to look like in 20 years. Anybody has seen that picture? Okay, we, we, I'll get stuck there, okay. So, so I, I, I need to come to terms with the fact of, Lord, I got to believe your will is best for me. You love me. You want the best for me. And the fire of God is to remove anything that will hinder me from becoming what you want me to be. So, so if you want the fire of God, 
there is a cost. Somebody say cost. Come on, somebody say it again. Say cost. There is a cost when we talk about the fire of God. But you need to understand when the fire is coming, nothing's pretty, y'all. You know, you, you're not going to walk in there like, oh, give me fire. Yes. <laughs> and then, then go to work. Oh, look at you. Yes, I've been through the fire. Fire, fire, fire. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. When you've been through the fire of God, you put your head down, you go to work, and you do all your work. Ooh, what's wrong with you? I've been through the fire of God. <laughs> but but, but you, 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 if you've been through the fire of God, you felt the heat. He turns it up. And you know what happened with precious metal? All the impurities come to the top. You ever been through the one of those seasons where all the impurities are at the top? It's all you think about, all you see, all you taste. All you experience, I mean, you, you begin to wonder if you're still saved when all the impurities come to the top. Lord, bring these up to the top and sweep them off. During January, we were going through a reading plan in Job, and around Job 12 or 13, I think it's 13, where Job is still trying to figure out why all the hell was happening in his life. And he says, Lord, he says, God, if there's anything that I don't, I'm not aware of in my heart, reveal it to me. That was my devotion for the morning. I said, Lord, if, if there's anything about me that's, that's not honoring you, reveal it to me. And he showed me something that I had not dealt with for over 20 years. I don't know all the other times I've asked him stuff like that. Um, 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 search me. See if you find any iniquity. I'm, you know, pray that. Uh, can I tell you how many times? But that morning... I guess I was all in. He said, if you're ready, let me show you. And it came to the top. And I was shocked that I was still dealing with someone that I had not forgiven. I thought I had let it go. I thought I had forgiven. But I didn't. Took me on a journey for the next three, four weeks of trying to deal with something that I was too hard-headed to deal with years ago. But that's what the fire does. That's what it cleanses, it purifies, it sets you free. You should always want the fire. You should always want the fire of God. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to make you better. Somebody need to say, Lord, I want the fire. fire. No, y'all don't want no fire. Y'all don't want no fire. (laughs) Come on, somebody need to say, Lord, I want the fire. Yeah, yeah, yes, you do. Now, this is how you know. This is how you know if you've gotten the fire. This is how you know. When you are like in this kind of setting and you experience the presence of God, you already know what you need to fix at home. Ain't nobody got to say anything. You already know. You get up from the altar and your wife's like, what's wrong with your face? Uh-uh, nah, not now, not now. Mm. <clears throat> you know who you need to talk to. You know what decisions you need to make. You know what you need to shift. You know who you need to stop talking to. You know who you need to unfollow. Oh, can't follow. Uh, nope, 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 can't follow you. Uh, uh, what? No, 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 can't follow you, can't follow 
Because the Bible says that after they had the demonstration of the fire, Elijah said, now go seize the prophet Baal and let's kill them. And it is the onslaught you put on every demon in your family. That, that I've experienced the power of God and, and I'm not going to tolerate any more foolishness in our marriage, in our home, in our life, in our finances, in whatever area. I'm not going to. So you, you start to deal with every um, presence of hell around you. And you go home. When you get up from your knees, when you get up from the altar, when you get up um, to leave this place, honey, we got to go home and fix some stuff. And you decide right then, you want the fire of God, there is a cost. Everyone say cost. Cost. If you want the fire of God, it takes a commitment. A commitment. You got to do something when you get home. What's the use of all that demonstration if it's not working at home? What's the use of all of that outpouring and experience and engagement of God and his spirit and his power if you cannot take it home? And so when he moves from the battle scene or, you know, on top of the mountain, he chases those jokers down the hill. Says, we're not going to be done until we destroy everything that has kept us bound that has kept us in darkness, that has kept us oppressed, that has kept us frustrated. We're going to eliminate every, we're going to destroy the enemy. So it takes a commitment. Takes a commitment. Yeah, we can talk real cute on top of the mountain. You ever been on one of them retreats? You are a superhero on top of the mountain. I don't know if it's in that nap in the bus ride on the way home, but when you get into the house, boy, that demon steering you like, ah. Leave the TV on 24-7 and, and get on the internet and go crazy and, and eat like crazy and live like crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was a good experience, but you're back home like, no! Because I've been through the fire and I know what's at stake. I know what's at stake. I know what's at stake. And I pray that no one would have to lose anyone to wake up. While well, I'm, I'm way over, I'm way over, y'all. Okay, all right, so... There's a cost, right? There's a cost, right? Number two, there's a commitment. Let's, 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 let's close here. I, I want you to think about what you need from the Lord right now. Can, can I have the, the keyboardist come up? Um, um, I, there's a scene here. There's a scene here. Like um, I read verse 40 where he says, seize the prophets. Now, in the next paragraph, um, I, I didn't set up the backstory. Let me, let me give you the, the, the reason. Yes, I did. The reason why Elijah went was one, to reveal himself to Ahab, right? Remember that? Number two was to pray for rain. Now, this is how easily we get distracted. For some, I remember for me back in the day, having a demonstration of the fire would be more than I can take. Like, whew, God showed up and I'll never forget it. Boy, we saw the fire of God tonight. And and it just kind of sets the tone in your heart because you got a demonstration, a physical demonstration. You saw God do something, and it turned y'all around. Ever had moments like that? Anybody ever had moments like that? 
Come on, just, just three of y'all? Anybody else there? Okay, good, just check it, all right. Come on, y'all, see, I'm trying to close this thing. Help me out, help me out. All right. Um, but then, then the impact was, was so indelible, you changed the decisions when you got home. And even y'all have testimonies, boy, yeah, the, the day our family turned around was when, you know, after that, we came home and we put some things in order. The day our business turned around, came home after that weekend, we put some things in order. The day when, when our children turned around, yeah, we came home and we put some, and, and just shifts happened. You can market some, some of you to a time where we're like, yep, yep, destroyed every evidence. And every time an enemy wants to look like he's showing up, uh-uh, uh-uh. We're not tolerating that foolishness any longer. I'm not tolerating that foolishness in my own heart, in my own mind. We're not tolerating it between us. And it sure ain't going to show up in here. Are y'all with me? But you, you got to see that. Now, that, that. You can go home with that. We got the demonstration. We had deliverance. Amen. But you, you cannot miss the fact. You cannot miss the fact. We still ain't got no rain. We have demonstration. We have deliverance, but there's still no rain. How do you explain that? Elijah doesn't flinch. He says, no problem, because I've been lit by the fire. Love it. The streets can't handle you being lit by the fire. Now, remember when you were in the streets and you were lit another way? <laughs> you need to text somebody. We're about to get lit. We're about to get lit. Okay. Okay. What he does is he lights you up. And the flame is undeniable. It's undeniable. That's why the enemy cannot stay in your home because the flame is undeniable. That's why you cannot tolerate the same foolishness you used to because the flame is undeniable. That's why you can't seek back into just old crazy stuff because the flame is undeniable. But, but this, is, this is passion for the long term, y'all. This, this, is, this is not like when I was growing up, I um, used to think passion was like 15, 20 minutes. Okay, anyway. Um, no, it's, it's not that kind of passion. It's not that kind of passion. It's not something that I can drum up or hype up for a certain period of time. It's the kind of passion to where I settle in and say, I'm all in. I don't care how long it takes, I'm all in. I don't care how long it takes, I'm all in. Even if we thought this would last a month, I don't care, I'm still all in. If we thought this would have changed after five years, I don't care, I'm still all in. And it says that Elijah postured himself in humility until the rain came. I'm not going to put a time limit on God's heart or his timing. He's all wise. He knows what he wants to do. All I know is he promised us rain. You know, when the promise of God begin to land in our own home, like they landed in everybody else's, all those things that we've been waiting on and trusting in that will make our lives the fruit-bearing lives that it's supposed to be, that I'm not just waiting on an end day. I'm just waiting on the fruit to show up in capacity like he's been promising. The rain is falling. 
And how, how, how can I keep myself focused and postured for the rain? Because I've been lit by the fire. I've been lit. So, so um, I can survive a bad season. I've been lit. I can survive a bad year because I've been lit. I can survive a delayed promise because I've been lit. I can survive when it's not coming when I was even told it would because I've been lit. I'm, I'm better focused. I'm better settled. I'm better confident in the fulfillment of God because I've been lit. Center point, whatever you do, stay lit. Stay lit. Stay lit. Stay lit. Stay lit. Who needs a stay lit prayer? Stand right now. You need a stay lit prayer. I need to stay lit by something. Stand right now. Come on. I need a stay lit prayer. Whether it's any area of your life, anybody in your life, I need to stay lit. Open up your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your head. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh God, we're crying out from the sanctuary. We're calling out because you've promised. We've cried for the fire. You've brought the fire. Now, Lord, light our hearts in you. Light our hearts in you. Give, give us such a flame that stuff at home does not blow it out. Give us the kind of flame that stuff at work don't blow it out. Give us the kind of flame that my self-doubt doesn't blow it out. Give me that flame that comes from the fire of God. And Lord, grace each one. Grace each one with a sustaining flame that continues for the rain to come. And let that fire that's lit in each one of your servants bring the rain. And Lord, if anybody know how to bring it, you know how to bring rain. So pour out. But Lord, in all the resources that's available by your spirit for the individual and for the community that will help men and women Marriages, couples, families, stay lit. Pour out abundantly. Let your fire land well here. And we receive. Come on, somebody say, I receive. We receive. Come on, somebody say, I receive. We receive. We receive your fire in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise, everyone. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, come on, bless the Lord. Lord. Bless the Lord. I want you to be seated for just a moment. I don't want to miss anyone to have an opportunity to experience the covenant God that I just made a case for. When, when he was, before the fire fell, he, he called upon the covenant God, the God who commits himself to you who loves you, 
and he'll spend the rest of your days telling you how much he loves you. I was sharing with a group of pastors about a month ago about hearing God say, I love you with your heart, being able to have a heart that can hear God's voice. And, and when you hear, when you're able to hear him tell you, I love you with your heart, you'll be shocked how often he says it. He says it over and over and over throughout every day. But that's his covenant. That's part of the covenant. And so many other of the blessings and benefits that come with the covenant. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have a covenant with God. And, and I would love for you to enter into that and have a, a new relationship. Anybody want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time? Anyone? For the first time. For the first time. Anybody in the room would like to begin a relationship today with Jesus? Anyone? Lord, the prayer team is praying for you. We're, we're searching. Anybody want to re, renew their relationship with Jesus? Renew today. After, after hearing what God has been waiting to do for me, uh, what God has been ready to extend and expand for me, I want to renew my relationship. I see your hand. God bless you. Is there an, another one? I see another hand. I see another hand. Um, is there another? Is there another? I see your hand. Is there another? Oh, beloved. Prayer team, prayer team is, is going to attend those and, and they'll make sure you have everything you have um, so that you can continue, begin and continue your journey. Lit, lit. Beloved, turn to somebody and say, stay lit. Come on, stay lit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful for every measure of your grace. Thank you for your faithfulness in it, Lord. We humble ourselves as we prepare to leave this place knowing that you've been faithful towards us. We surrender ourselves and be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.